you once again for tuning in in our program, Ephatha, Disciple Talks. Our topic in our study today focuses on the statement of the Savior to sin no more. Here's this lesson's objective. To understand the gospel on how one can be removed from the status of being a sinner without actually falling into the domain of hypocrisy. A state of mind that is openly abhorred by the Savior. Please be vigilant in listening to our studies. We will continue after this break. Are you ready for the truth? For over 2,000 years, the message of the Christ, Yeshua, has been twisted, altered, and tailored to fit the different messengers from different time frames. That will stop today. Here's your disciple friend. He'll meticulously deliver to you the Lord's evangelical truth. In our past studies, we have presented the true character and mindset of the Savior, Yahshua of Nazareth, the Son of God. He is non-judgmental and non-condemning simply because He is love. How can we benefit from His love? It is best if we read His statement in the Gospel according to Luke, the chapter is 24. In verses 46 until 47. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. The pure love of the Savior is that He died for man's sins so that man may live. At this point, we should all know that we need to believe in Him to be God's Son and Savior of the world in order for us to be saved. But what is one manifestation of our faith unto Him? As believers, we have to be repentant. And as disciples or followers, we have to preach the same repentance and remissions of sins unto all the people, regardless of race or stature. Now, when the Lord just started preaching His gospel, what did He tell someone who was caught sinning with the sin of adultery? Let us read what is recorded in John in 8. Verses 10 until 11. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are, the, are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. The Lord Yahshua told the woman whom he saved from getting stoned to her death to go and sin no more. But how can it be done? How can one sin no more? For us to get to the bottom of this and be able to pinpoint with precision this instruction of the Lord, we need to understand with wisdom how can we sin no more? Before we can even answer this question, we need to understand first the concept of sin based on the context of the Savior. 
only when we understand this through the lens of the Christ can we truly know how it is to sin no more. In our previous episode entitled, Why is Christianity Judgmental When Christ is Not? We have discussed the Lord's teaching on sin to be the cause by our ungodly or lustful thoughts and not the evil act or deed itself. The execution of an ungodly or evil act or deed is just the physical and visual manifestation of one sin that has already been consummated consummated in his thoughts. This is not the teaching of Christianity and its many churches. This is the teaching of the Christ, Yeshua. But isn't this more complicated and is even harder to achieve with our own understanding? It is. But with the wisdom of the Lord, it is not. In fact, this concept is so much liberating. How so? Let us hear from John, the beloved apostle of the Christ. How can one not have a sinful thought and therefore is freed from sin? Let us read what he recorded in 1 John 3 verse 6. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. According to John, whoever abides in him or the Lord does not sin. How is that even possible? We need to know how so that we can be freed from sin. Let's go back to John's testimony on what the Savior taught on how we can abide in him. This time we will read in John chapter 15 verses 9 until 10. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. How can one abide in the Lord in such that every time he's abiding with him, he does not sin? The Lord said, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Isn't this very true? That when we abide or when we live the love of the Savior, we would not sin. We would not even think of anything bad or evil unto anyone if our thoughts are filled with the love of the Lord Yahshua. Now, what is the love of the Savior? Listen, and I will read his statement in Matthew 22, verses 37 until 40. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The Lord Yahshua has simplified his presentation of love. 
Love God first and foremost with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then you need to love yourself next. And why is that? Simply because how you love yourself will reflect how you love your neighbor or fellow man. How can one sin if this is the thought process that fills his mind? And what is the biggest manifestation of one's love unto others? The mindset of being non-judgmental and non-condemning. Just like the Savior, he remained to be loved because of his non-judgmental way. In our previous study on why Christianity is judgmental, the Lord wants us all to live his love and his non-judgmental and non-condemning way of life. And why so? Because as soon as we start judging and condemning others, we slide away from his love. Instead, what becomes those who chose to be judgmental and condemning? They become hypocrites, hypocrites before the Lord. They become the sinners who want to correct other sinners. This is a state of mind. And this state of mind of hypocrisy of people is what the Savior openly abhorred. He is so much disgusted that he even make fun of this kind of people. How did he poke on these people? He referred to them as the blind who leads the blind. The sinners who want to correct other sinners. Isn't that truly funny? It was funny for the Lord. It is funny for should be funny for everyone else. Now, friends, let us choose to abide in the love and commandment of the Lord over the outlook of being judgmental. You know what? This is the secret that is kept from Christianity on how anyone cannot sin. For how can anyone who possesses the love of the Christ ever think of anything sinful or evil against anyone. Now who are the people who truly abide in the Lord Yahshua? How does he identify those who truly abide in him? Let us read what is recorded in John 8 verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. The Lord Yahshua identified those who truly abide in his word as his disciples. Going back to the instance when the Lord told the woman to sin no more. What conclusion can we safely draw at this point? That the Lord was recruiting her to follow him and be among his disciples for the very reason that they are those who truly abide in him and follow his non-judgmental way. The same, the same people who live his love. They are those who stop from sinning or thinking evil thoughts against others or against their fellow men. Does it mean that one who is already a disciple of the Lord already has a zero possibility of committing a sin? 
Of course, there are times when temptations overcome us and temporarily take us away from His Word and His love. These are the times when we once again entertain bad and ungodly thoughts towards others. Bad thoughts that when uncontrolled push some to the actual doing or actualizing them. So what happens when we sin? What is necessary in order for us to be received back unto Him? Let us listen to what is recorded in 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. At times when disciples are swayed away from the love of the Savior and end up committing a sin, they need, they need to confess their sins unto Him. And what is the guarantee? His forgiveness. After all, this falls under His gospel of repentance and remission of sins in His name that He wanted to be preached throughout the world. Now, what is the relationship between repentance and confession of sin? What thought process is involved between the two? Well, to be truly repentant, first, one has to sincerely acknowledge or confess that he is a sinner as a result of his sinful thoughts. And with this understanding, he will have to make a conscious decision to not judge anyone else who is a sinner just like him, but rather forgive anyone who has offended him and continue to be accepting of all people regardless of one's flaws. Isn't that what we have studied in our past episode on why Christianity is just judgmental? Isn't that what is recorded in Luke chapter 6 verses 37 until 42. Now what is achieved by a sinner who goes through this conscious awareness? Reconciliation with the peace of the Christ. This is now the state of being forgiven. Or the remission of sins that the Lord has taught us and that He wanted us to preach throughout the world. Can anyone ever be hypocrite when he goes through this process? Of course not. Now how can the Christ forgive his disciples who fell into, into sin if they confess unto him? And why is it that easy and simple for him to forgive them? Let us listen to his very words in John 15 verses 3 and 4. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. The Savior can easily forgive any one of his disciples who confess unto him simply because they were already made clean by his word. 
This is how he has freed them from the bondage of sin. And that sin has no more power over them as recorded in John 8:33 and 34. Let us listen to his words. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The disciples of Christ are freed by the Savior from the bondage or enslavement of sin. How is this made possible before God? In 1 John 4.10, and I read, And this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Although the disciples of the Lord Yahshua can still commit sins, However, God does not make them accountable for their sins anymore, for they are already covered by His love through His Son, the Christ Yahshua, who was made the payment for our sins. Even in biblical prophecies, God already foretold of this group of people whose transgressions He blots out and whose sins He will not remember. Who are these people? Let's listen. To the prophecy of Isaiah in chapter 43 in verses 10, as well as in verses 25 and 26. And I read, You are my witnesses, says the Lord. Let me repeat. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acqu acquitted. This is the same group of people whom he made to be his witnesses. They will be with his prophesied chosen servant, his son Yahshua the Messiah. How can they be identified? They are a group of people who know, believe, and understand about him that he is the only God, as recorded in the prophecy. I will also refer you to read another prophecy in Jeremiah 9 verse 24. These people are the same disciples of the Christ, whom he taught about the Father being the only true God and everything else about him and his love. Now, going back to our point taken earlier, what is the greatest reward for being a disciple who is freed from the bondage of sin. Let us listen to what is recorded in John 5, 24, and I read, 
Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. The disciples who truly abide in the Savior's word and love has everlasting life. Can everlasting life ever die? Of course not. How is it that even true disciples still experience the cessation of breath, otherwise known as death? As promised by the Savior, they simply passed from death into life. This is our ministry in the name of the Savior. We share unto anyone who is willing to receive the gospel of life and to the people whose sins are completely absolved by God by virtue of His love through His Son. It is the same love of God through His Son that when lived by people will free Him from the bondage of sin or the status of being sinners before God. If you can relate with this gospel, please help us by sharing this podcast to as many people as you could. And if you have any evangelical questions, please send it to us, email it to us at john8v31 at gmail.com. Once again, the email is john8v31 at gmail.com. May you abide in the love of the Savior. May you receive His peace. May you purge yourself from any form of judgmental outlook and convert yourself into the non-judgmental way of the Savior. For this is for your own salvation. Make a a decision today to become a follower of the Savior of mankind, a disciple who truly lives the love of Yahshua the Christ. This is your disciple friend bidding you good tidings. Until next time. You've just been served the truth of the Savior. Please continue to listen to our show, Ephatha, and let your minds be open to the Lord's message. We also invite you to visit our website at www.spiritualhouse.info and be baptized with the living water of the Lord and King, Yeshua Christos.